Hey mamas, welcome to Breastfeeding Relief with Bethany. We share incredible stories, tips, and breastfeeding ideas to help on your journey. I'm your host, Bethany Laverne, a lactation consultant and speech therapist who helps mamas with breastfeeding. Not all breastfeeding stories are the same, and we dive into those topics. Welcome, Heather, to the podcast. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me, Bethany. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Well, let me introduce Heather. She's a health coach and a mama for she believes that once our own cup is full, we can overflow into lives of others through her personal relationship with Jesus and many influential people through the years. She has found freedom, wholeness, love, and purpose in her life. The experience combined with her training from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition has equipped her to join other women on their journey through a pain-free life so that they can be active, present for their kids, and thrive in their marriage. Welcome, Heather. So why don't you you go ahead and jump in and tell us about how was your breastfeeding experience? Yeah, well, I had several different breastfeeding experiences. As everyone here knows, every kid is a little (laughs) bit different. Yep. (laughs) But probably my first breastfeeding experience was the most challenging for me. So I thought I would touch on that today. Awesome. Um, So I knew I wanted to breastfeed from the start. (laughs) And they always tell you in the beginning, you know, you have to teach the baby how to latch on. And the baby has to kind of learn. So I went through some prenatal classes that helped me prepare for that. So I kind of knew what to expect as much as you can as a first time. (laughs) (laughs) Which isn't always that much. Yeah. So when I had pain nursing, I expected it. I thought, Mm -hmm. oh, this is normal. This is part of the process. My baby's having a hard time latching on, but this is just how it's supposed to be. I had a lactation consultant come in to the... um, the room at the hospital still before we left the hospital mm-hmm. just to make sure I was doing everything right and she said I was and baby was latching okay but it she still was just slipping off and not mm-hmm. staying on very well and it just I just thought okay this is this is normal she's still learning I'm still learning mm-hmm. so we went home and a few days in, probably by about day three, I was so sore, mm. hurting so bad. Yes. And I just kept telling myself, oh, it's, they say it's going to be painful. This is probably normal. Just push through the pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that I didn't know what else to do. So that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And at, let's see, I started needing, I felt like I needed to give my nipples a rest. They were cracking. I was starting to bleed. So I started probably my daughter was two or two days old, three days old. I was still having colostrum. So I remember I'm going to pump because I think, well, maybe that will give me just a break. So I break out my pump that I got at my baby shower and I pumped and I ended up spilling the colostrum down the sink. And I cried because you're emotional, you're Mm -hmm. in pain. And Mm -hmm. that colostrum, they tell you, is like gold. Yes. And I was devastated that it went down the sink. I just wanted to share that in case there's anyone else out there who has ever done that. Your baby will be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I also have to say, mamas, it's okay to cry over spilled milk. We have all done it. We've all done it. Yes. Absolutely. That is for sure. If you're going to cry over milk, definitely cry over that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I switched to pumping a little bit. I didn't want my daughter to be drinking blood and I was definitely bleeding, cracking. It was so painful. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if I was going to be able to continue nursing. Mm -hmm. Really, really wanted to. And all along, that was kind of my plan. I wanted to have that experience. So I wasn't quite ready to give up yet. So I start pumping to give myself a rest. And I notice all of a sudden one day, my daughter starts making this clicking sound while she's nursing. Hmm. And I had been at a baby shower years, year or two prior where my cousin was. And she told me that she had her two kids were tongue tied. And how she knew was that they were making clicking sounds when they were nursing. Okay. Wait, I think I know what this is. She's clicking. Okay. (laughs) I called my cousin to get more information. And it really is like if you were to, um, you know, put your tongue on the roof of your mouth and go click kind of. So she starts clicking like that while she's eating. And we, um, so we went to go see our pediatrician at her five day checkup. And I tell the pediatrician, hey, she's really not latching. We're having problems. I was in near tears at this point. Mm-hmm. And he he could see how distraught I was. But he's, his response was, well, we really can't do anything to fix it until she's six months old. Ooh. <laughs> I was yeah. devastated. Six okay. months old. I'm thinking, okay, so I felt hopeless. Mm-hmm. As we're leaving his office, we get near the elevator and he comes running after us. Wait, wait. I made a phone call. <laughs> so he made a phone call to a surgeon who said, yeah, I can fix that. And mm-hmm. two days later, they had us in the operating room. And um, so your, your frenulum is that little piece of skin that attaches your tongue to the uh-huh. bottom of your mouth. Never knew what that was before. And all they do is they clip it. And I wasn't expecting them to have them do it in the operating room. To me, that felt Mm -hmm. a little extreme. Um, Mm -hmm. My cousin had a different experience. So Mm -hmm. I think it depends on the doctor and the hospital and where you're at. Mm -hmm. We were in a really small town and I don't know if they had dealt with much of this before in newborns. Clearly, I don't think so because they wanted us to wait six months. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. But right away when she was done, they brought her to me so I could nurse her right away. And after that, we didn't have any problems and she was able to nurse normally and latch and I could heal. And it's a really good feeling to be able to nurse again, pain-free once that was all over. Yes. Amazing. Okay. So I have a few follow-up questions. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you went and saw a surgeon, which I bet more specifically was an ENT. So that is awesome that you saw an ENT. I will let moms know you can also go see a pediatric dentist. Um, now not all are certified. Um, so you need to find one that specializes in tongue ties. Um, when you say they clip, did they literally use scissors to clip or did he use a laser? And you might not know the answer. Um, I'm trying to remember. So I, I had another kid who was tongue tied also. Oh, okay. So I'll mention that it was a different sure. experience. Sure. He, and then I'll come back to your question. He fine. nursed fine. He was even mm-hmm. born a month early. He nursed fine, did not make a clicking sound. We even had the, the hospital check. Okay. My, I had twins that time and we had them check, check them to see if they're tongue tied. We don't want yep. to go through this again. They said, no, they look good. They look fine. So we didn't actually discover his tongue tie until he had trouble speaking and his okay. speech was delayed. 
Yep. And that time I do know we went to a dentist and they lasered it. For my firstborn, I I want to say that they clipped it, but okay. I honestly don't really remember. I yeah, and that's okay. Did for her. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so also usually the pediatric dentist and the ENTs, they don't want parrots in the room. Now that's not everyone's case. The other day I heard the dad held the baby, which usually they swaddle the baby. Um, there will be an assistant hold the baby. And then they ask the parents to leave because they don't want, you know, you know, you upset or you crying or screaming or, you know, distractions. Right. So again, it's surgery. And so I would not want a distraction from a crying mom either. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, I'm so glad that went well, that you then didn't have any clicking problems going forward. Good. Did they recommend you to see any other professionals, um, after seeing that ENT? They did not. Okay. No. Um, okay. I do remember they told us to give her baby Tylenol afterwards for mm-hmm. about one dose, I think maybe two doses. And then after that, she was fine. Okay. And we didn't have any more problems. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they say, you know, until your baby seems uncomfortable, I usually say 48 hours. Um, is when babies will show being uncomfortable. Um, and so they nurse a lot for that comfort, which also, you know, nursing milk, it's kind of got a little Tylenol in it, you know, like not really, but you know, it's, it's helpful. It's soothing, um, for the babies, which is like Tylenol, right? Yeah. That was the best treatment for her was just to nurse her right away. And Mm -hmm. she went to sleep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, I'm so glad that went well for you. Awesome. Um, I do want to, if you don't mind going back to your other son, when he got it done in the office, um, how old was your son at that time? I'm a little bit embarrassed as to how long we let it go. He was five. Do not be embarrassed. (laughs) No. He was five. And Mm -hmm. the reason we had waited so long was, was twofold. One, he had a twin sister who did all of the talking for him. Sure. And an older sister who had the tongue tie <laughs> that I just spoke about. She did okay. all the talking for him too. And he was just a really quiet kid. Sure. And then when he started speaking, we knew there was some problems. So we hired a speech therapist uh-huh. to come and help us. And she didn't catch the tongue tie either. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I took him to the, the dentist where mm-hmm. I don't see that I didn't have a need to take them to the dentist sooner. So I typically wait until they're about four or five to go to the dentist. That's just kind of how we do it. So it was his first dentist. No, his second dentist appointment. Actually, he had had one before Okay. because the dentist had said to me when he was looking at him, Oh, now, you know, about his tongue tie, don't you? And I said, no, No. that explains a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, you know, don't feel embarrassed about that. You know, the other day I'm, um, I'm working in a new township this year. I'm also a speech therapist. Um, and so I was working with a kiddo the other day, really struggling with R. she's brand new to my caseload. And I was like, we just aren't getting this at all. Like running through my usual exercises. And I said, let me look in your mouth. And so, you know, I'm trying to have her click her tongue. I look in, she has a heart shaped tongue. She, her frenulum's all the way to her tip of her tongue. She's got a beautiful heart in her mouth. And I'm like, oh my goodness. 
And so, you know, I, I wanted to run through the correct procedure at a new school, contacted the parents. They said, we're aware and we are not getting it fixed. And oh, I no. said, oh, okay. And again, mom, that is your prerogative, right? Um, that you can or can't get it fixed, but you know, her R's are really W's. I feel she's difficult to understand, you know, that because it's tied so tight, she also can't lick a sucker. She can't uh, lick an ice cream cone. You know, if we fast forward to she starts dating, it's going to be hard to make out with a boy if we want to think about that way. Um, you know, but again, when she's older, she can, um, you know, decide to get it lasered if she wished. But also I had a friend that he got his done when he was 30. And because no one had ever caught it until, like you said, went to the dentist and they were like, do you know, you have a really bad tongue tie. And he goes, no. And he said, when he got it released, he literally felt the tension go out of his neck because literally your tongue is tied. The, all that fascia is, goes from your tongue to the tip of your toes. And so I've heard them say that it, they literally feel all the release and the tension. So that's why I ask if you went and saw somebody else, because it's recommended to actually go see a chiropractor or physical therapist to really help release that tension. And a lot of babies we see torticollis with, which is tightness on one side. And then the baby's only nurse on one side, um, which is also hard for mom because then she's always got to pump the other side. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, I did not know that. The only other support we had was with my son. Um, we, after he got it fixed, we did continue speech mm -hmm. therapy, which I'm glad because then he was able to learn how to say everything the right way. Correct. He yeah. was very, very difficult to understand prior sure. mm -hmm. to having it fixed. And that was one thing that spurred us on to do speech therapy was mm -hmm. somebody had asked him, it was his peer, dude, what language are you speaking? I can't understand Aww. you. So it was starting to affect his self-esteem mm -hmm. and only me and his sisters could understand it. My poor husband had to ask me to interpret all the time. And so I know it was affecting his self-esteem. So after mm -hmm. we did the, after the dentist fixed it, we went back to speech therapy so he could learn the right way to use his tongue and say his letters. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that we did that because that took care of the self-esteem that he was having. And now he can speak confidently and not have any problems. <laughs> awesome. That's amazing, mom. Yeah. So I always say, you know, advocate for yourself and advocate, you know, for what you need. And so I think that's amazing that you didn't just get it fixed and you walked away. I love that you continued with speech therapy for him. Um, and so, yeah, hopefully he'll be super confident going through school now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> amazing. What would you say is maybe one thing that helped facilitate breastfeeding easily for you? So like I said, that son who was tongue-tied had a twin sister. He was, or maybe I didn't say that he was a twin. So I found a nursing pillow that was more supportive for twins. Perfect. Prior to that, I had used just a boppy pillow for my firstborn for the twins. It was a much more firm and larger pillow so mm -hmm. that you can nurse two babies at once. I wanted to maximize my time. Yeah. <laughs> try to get both done at the same time if I could, also to keep them on the same schedule. Mm -hmm. So there's one called my breast friend pillow. Mm -hmm. That is very similar to the one I use. I couldn't find the same brand where okay. they changed it, but it was very similar to that. And I used that a lot. And it was very nice too, because if I needed to 
maybe just prop up one baby while I was nursing the other, I could also use that as kind of a little chair to prop the baby up, which was great. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. So you can use it for longer than your breastfeeding journey. Yeah. Um, or, you know, I've laid it on the floor before and found my dog curled up in it. So it also makes a great dog bed when you're all done. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for all your time and advice. Can you go ahead and let mamas know how they can connect with you? Sure. You can find me at Instagram. My handle is Heather underscore Jameson. And you can also find my Facebook page for my health coaching, which is Health with Heather. Awesome. Well, thank well, you so my, much. Oh, and my website, sorry. My website okay. is just my name, heatherjameson.com. Awesome. And I'll link all those for everyone so that they can connect with Heather. Well, thanks again for your time. We super appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much if you would share it with another mama or post on social media and tag me. I want to personally thank you for wanting to help other mamas. You got this. I'm rooting for your breastfeeding journey.